Yes, we do. Every single Saturday. On these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. KYOS. Come on, that's for you, Marilyn. Every single Saturday, every single week. Can you believe it? We've made it all the way. Have to get ready for the next segment. We've made it all the way to February. February 1st, 2020. It's going to be a beautiful day out there. Absolutely wonderful. It's a spring-like weather, 10 degrees. Better get out and spray those weeds. Hit them with a little roundup. A little glyophosphate out there, something. Maybe get the old clippers out. I guess we're back to the old ways of doing things. Man, as a kid, I had those shears. You know, you had to grip them. You talk about about a workout at five years old. Anyway, I guess Roundup's not the way to go anymore, but the grass is going to grow with all of this rain, and hopefully we're going to get more. You know, we're actually below where we should be at this time of year. They went up there, stuck the pole in the uh, snow up there, and uh, I think we're uh, 20% lower than what we should be, but the reservoirs are at the same level they were at last year. But we need a we need a wet February, a March, an April, because after that it doesn't rain much, and uh, we need water where water flows, food grows, as everybody knows. Anyway, what's going on? A lot of things. Uh, Impeachment's over. Finally. You believe it. i tell you. Talk, talk, talk. I can't can't imagine being a senator sitting through that for the last couple of weeks. It's been hard as a television viewer. I've missed the Price is Right showcase showdown more times than I like to. (laughs) Teasing. PBS, boy, God bless their hearts. You know, they just stick with it no matter what the... uh, Commentators are so biased against the current administration. They were really crushed Friday when the vote came in. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, you know, it's not a fair trial. Can't have a trial without witnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this really wasn't an impeachment. So let's just clarify that. This was a witch hunt. This was a vendetta. This was vindictive. Some of these lean into the left, Marxist, liberal, Democrats, you know, socialist, progressives just can't except the results of November 2016. And let me tell you, they're going to be uh, very similar, maybe even more so, November of this year, 2020. Landslide, I predict. Now, of course, not California. I don't see many electoral votes going there, but they won't be needed. Oh, they won't be needed. What do you? What are the uh, Democrats got? They got Bernie. Bernie coming up through the ranks now, rising like uh, cream to the top, or I don't know what rises uh, in, that, in that group, but Bernie... He's the numero uno uh, nationally, or tied, and here in California, polling in first place. But, uh, you know, again, the 80-year-old Marxist who switches parties every four years, takes over the Democratic Party, and they're pushing back. They're trying to change the rooms. They're going to allow Bloomberg in the next debate. (laughs) That really has Michael Moore, some of the real, real left-of-left progressives up in arms, letting, you know, because he was a Republican mayor, folks, and when he was cleaning up New York City. Of course, now he's apologizing for that. <laughs> so funny. So funny. They got nothing. Nothing. And I will just say one more time, when they come against Donald Trump, they're coming against you. If you like prosperity, if you like low unemployment, if you like national security, if you like a strong America, well, they're coming after you because they don't agree with those things. Some of the proposals on the left, I mean, Bernie's talking about Mr. Sanders, candidate Sanders, Senator Sanders talking about executive order after executive order the day he hits office. Haven't we learned from that? Then in the eight years of Obama trying to fundamentally fundamentally change this country, teach us a lesson, 
These people need to fundamentally change themselves before they start telling others how to live, get their own life in order before they tell others how to, how to live. Anyway, it's good to see the impeachment debacle over. The acquittal will happen soon. The complete vindication of this witch hunt will be over. I really hope they uh, postpone the State of the Union so that he can take a couple of victory laps on that and not have the vote happen the day after, which is what is, as we go to air, is proposed to vote Wednesday. State of the Union is supposed to be Tuesday. Of course, our own State of the City here in the city of Merced will be Friday the 7th over there at the Merced Theater. Always a fun, fun time. Kind of curious to see who won the National Anthem Contest over there. Ah, what else is happening? City Council meeting Monday night. City of Merced, there was one last uh, Monday, end of the month in Atwater. Some interesting things going on there. They've got a new video system. Really kind of nice. Go on the Outwater City websites right there. A lot of discussion back and forth. Short meeting, but a lot of discussion about the $43 million settlement they received, what to do with that money, how to invest it, what kind of ROI, what kind of things they're going to buy now to take care of the 123 TCP problem they have over there, which a lot of communities have. And one of the things coming up on the uh, ballot, Measure J, this is the college tax measure. City of Merced, or excuse me, uh, Merced Community College District's measure authorizing $247 million in bonds at legal rates, levying a $25 per $100,000 assessed valuation on your personal property, your uh, land, all over Merced County. Now, I was reading in the argument sec. I downloaded this from the County Registrar of Voters website, uh, the text of the measure, uh, what you're going to see in your ballot uh, book, some of the, the more minutiae some of the projects they proposed. But what was really interesting to me was the arguments uh, in favor and support. And they kind of go back and forth. There's an argument in favor, an argument against, and then a rebuttal uh, to both of those uh, from various folks. And it gets a little, uh, gets a little dicey in there. Uh, in the rebuttal to the argument, they uh, say, don't believe their lies. And I believe they're talking about the opponents have their facts wrong. So, uh, again, kind of interesting. Well, I just wanted to bring up a, a couple of facts uh, that uh, the folks brought up in the argument against, and I, I don't see where they're wrong. It says right here in the, in the uh, ballot language, you know, they're uh, authorizing $247 million in bonds, general obligation bonds. And the way that works, folks, is you got to pay that money back. The best estimate from official sources on the total debt service, including the principal and interest. Now, if you've ever bought a home, a car, a TV from Best Buy, you know, maybe it's $250. You know, that's the sales price. Of course, you had the sales tax. And then say you finance it. I'll tell you what's really great, rent to own. <laughs> You'll pay for that thing 16 times before you own it. But rent to own, some of these places, really high interest rates. So at house, you know, 8 9%, your 40-year loan, 60-year loan, 50-year loan, whatever they're getting now. I'm not a real estate guy. But by the time you pay the principal and the interest, you pay back uh, two, three times the value of what you borrowed. So in this case, that would be required to, uh, the, the amount that would be required to repay if all the bonds are issued and sold will be approximately $617.3, approximately, million dollars. Now, for those of you like me with an MCOE math education, a half a billion is 500 million. So this is 617 million, so that tells me it's over a half a billion, not quite three quarters of a billion, 
Because I think there'd be a 75 in there somewhere. But the point is, we're going to borrow $247 million and pay back 617 And when I say we, not the college, the property owners. The property owners. And when we look at some of the arguments against the Merced College bond, uh, they talk about that uh, they haven't used all the money of the previous bond, which is still on your taxes, my friends. Still on your taxes. And then they talk about the accrued, accumulated school bond debt just across California. And, of course, we're not supposed to look beyond our own county. We're not supposed to look at federal spending, you know, high-speed rail, state spending on HSR. None of those. No, 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 no. But it is a good point to mention that uh, from 2001 to 2014, voters approved $110 billion in local funding. Also approved $35.8 billion in three statewide bonds for $146 billion total for school construction projects. And as I read from Ballotpedia, you wonder where this money is going to go for the reassessment of commercial and private, pro- excuse me, commercial and uh, retail property. If the Prop 13 proposition passes in November, well, 40% of that goes to community colleges every year, which is anticipated between to be $4 and $6 billion. Now, Merced is anticipating receiving, uh, Merced College, Merced Community College District, is anticipating getting about $14.6 million annually. That's, uh, well, let's just say $15 million. Now, I don't know. I've heard, you know, there's some matching money out there, this, that, the other that they can get maybe from this state reevaluation. But, uh, you know, we, it calls into question some of the arguments against the buildings need really need to be rebuilt. Do we really need to do this now? What if we don't get the money? Uh, what, what if, uh, what if there uh, is not a way to repay this money back? And, uh, again, some of the accountability in there where the money has already gone. And it's going to go to a lot of different, uh, a lot of di- different uh, places. Some, some have even said dormitories, which I don't, uh, I don't really understand uh, where they would uh, put those, or why you would need dormitories for a community college. And I think that's uh, some of the uh, some of the concern. Says Merced College. This is the argument against Merced College hasn't demonstrated how this bond will improve student success. In fact, in fact, the college. Recently lost $3.8 million in state funding because students aren't meeting state-mandated performance measures. Merced College hasn't demonstrated the need for this massive bond from 2009 to 18. Its total enrollment decreased by 12%. Uh, of course, Merced College is taking issue with that. And I don't know if that's on-campus enrollment or online enrollment they're taking issue with. But I know there is a lot of online uh, things going on. While losing million, this is uh, folks against Measure J. While losing millions of dollars in state funding due to decreasing enrollment and poor student performance, the college is attempting to shift the funding burden to local taxpayers. We support education, but this bond won't improve student success. And this is signed by some pretty uh, heavy hitters in the community: Joe Scotto, Merced County School Board member, farmer, also past president of the Merced County Farm Bureau. I might add. Uh, James Abate, restaurant owner, and let me tell you what restaurant that is, the Big Mac. Sharon Rucker, attorney, and Jeanette Benson, uh, educator, retired educator. It's kind of interesting, uh, the rebuttal to the argument against Measure J starts out, the opponents have their facts wrong, big, big uh, bold letters. 
Many classrooms, science labs, and job training facilities have not been upgraded since Merced College opened in 62. Without Measure J, these facilities will continue to age and become more expensive to repair, to combat unemployment, we need to give students and veterans affordable access to the education they need to compete for today's high-skilled jobs or transfer to universities. And in big, bold letters, don't believe their lies. Vote yes on Jay for Merced College. And again, some heavy hitters in the community. Roger Wood, farmer, Ben Duran, retired president of Merced College. Uh, Emily Hayden, an attorney, actually attorney on McCag. Kathleen Crookham, former county supervisor. And uh, Mr. Lorenzi. Alma Lorenzi, business owner, owns a lot of land here in town. His family been here for years and years and years, decades and decades. Which I, I don't know. I, I, I know these guys are going to get hit if Prop 13 goes through. Maybe, maybe everybody should uh, pay their fair share. But I really think that people need to look at the details of this. I'm not saying Merced College isn't a worthy cause. My dad taught there. Started out there in the founding faculty, 1962. Talked about it before. Taught before that over at the fairgrounds before they had a college to teach at their own facility over there on G, between M and uh, G on Yosemite. Beautiful, beautiful campus, a lot of room to grow, a lot of exciting things they brought up at the uh, police and fire study with the city of Merced, possibly relocating some of the facilities over there because they have the room, also being able to have a police academy, a fire academy, training academy, you know, maybe having a central police station, central fire station, because we need those up there in the Bellevue area, North Merced, that's going to be the future growth, and we'll talk about the meeting that was Monday night, the North Merced annexation study meeting with the City Council and Planning Commission, but boy, that was that was dicey. So uh, again, just, you know, let's be honest what we're doing with it. Really interesting, again, this all information online, it's in your voter pamphlet, I don't really expect you to read it all, but there's this one run-on sentence, uh, it's on page, I don't know, three or four of the text. And it says, addition to the listed types of projects stated above, the types of authorized projects of the measure also include, and it goes on, I've never seen so many commas, it's literally one page of writing with a, one sentence. They never stop. So they put everything in there they could possibly think that you could ever build on a college campus, and that's what you'll be uh, paying for eventually over 40, 40 years, long time, folks, big, big, big. Uh, debt service, again, three quarters of a billion dollars. So uh, these things have consequences. And there's going to be more and more on the ballots as time goes on. We're out of time. First segment of Citizen Watch. We'll be back. Second segment. Segment Citizen Watch, Saturday morning, the 1st of February, 2020. 8 o'clock hour. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Talking about Measure J before the uh, college bond, $247 million. It's going to cost you three quarters of a billion to pay it back by the time the debt service is retired. And it just makes you wonder, you know, they talk about everything's rotten, uh, leaking, asbestos. I thought we got asbestos, rid of asbestos years ago, but... I understand the buildings were built a long time ago, but what have they been doing with all the maintenance money all these years? What they do with all the money, the last bonds uh, that were supposed to build new buildings, new facilities? I know they got a library, they got some things, still got some more money left. Uh, they say it's committed, but to what? And where does the new money come from? 
And what happens in 40 more years? We're going to rebuild everything again? I mean, at this rate, we're going to have to rebuild UC Merced out there on Lake Road in about 15 years. Because it'll be outdated. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I went to Hoover. That place is still standing over there. <laughs> over there off of Glen by the tracks. They just keep uh, patching it up, adding to it. I understand what we want and what we need and what we can afford and what we can't. But this keep going. you keep going to the well of the property owners, and uh, I tell you, I don't know when it's going to run out. Speaking of property owners, big, big, big meeting. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Over there at the City Hall Monday night, uh, they call this thing the North Merced Annexation uh, Study Meeting. Had a big feasibility study. North Merced Annexation Feasibility Study. Pack chambers. I thought they were making chipino over there with the big pots, but it was boiling tar. They had the feathers in bags out out in somebody's truck, but uh, they were there. These people are not. Well, I won't say upset, but uh, wary of going into the city. What the city's thinking about doing is doubling or increasing by fifty percent, a whopping fifty percent, as it says in the paper. Uh, whopping fifty percent, yeah, seventy six hundred acres, pretty much all north of Yosemite Avenue, out there on the edge of town where I'm at. Uh, a lot of development though going up because of the university. We were annexed into the city. When I say we, my neighbors and I were annexed into the city out there on McKee Road in the turn of the century, 2003, 2004, I got a call and uh, from the Hunt family that owns a lot of land still out there by the university. They own the property behind us, farmed it for years, 40, 50 years, I don't know, maybe longer than that. As long as I was alive as a kid, one year tomatoes, next year corn, vice versa, alternating between those two crops primarily. And uh, eventually, the pressures of the university, turn of the century, the university being cited in Merced, 10th campus, which we're happy for. Believe me, we love it. We want it. It's called an economic engine. Anyway, uh, the development pressures were inevitable. So I get a call, hey, you know, we want to annex uh, our land into the city and to make a more logical boundary, your, uh, and your neighbors need to come in with us. We're going to pay all the fees. Don't worry. Don't worry. The only thing that's going to change, and I'll never forget this, is who picks up your garbage. And uh, back then, we were using Winton Disposal, private company. They'd come out there in the country, still around. And, of course, the city has the city, you know, city water, city sewer, blah, blah, blah. Of course, those were all concerns. You know, do we have to hook up? Because we're all on wells, septic, very, very similar to the concerns that were voiced Monday night by the residents. You know, larger lots, uh, ranchettes, these type of things. The the uh, the new folks uh, that are trying to develop communities, they hate it. You know, they want stack and pack up, up, up. Dense, heavy, dense, 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 dense. They don't like this. You know, you have a couple of sheep in the backyard, a rooster once in a while. No, that's that's, that's wasteful. Anyway, these people bought out there like uh, my family did years ago for that kind of lifestyle. And now the development is overtaking. And what do you do? So we were faced with this back in 2004. And so I kind of looked into it. And to be honest with you, I was not the way I am as far as uh, into the issues at City Hall, government, state. Local, I, I kind of followed federal stuff, but I didn't really understand how this local stuff, you know, I always lived in Merced. Everything was was fine as far as I was concerned. I mean, I had problems, but, you know, not not big problems as far as the way the city was uh, growing. Of course, that was at the turn of the century. Things have really changed in 15, 20 years. So looked into it, and it was more than just who picks up your garbage. Turns out, uh, you know, we have animal animals out there, raised animals my, my whole childhood. And uh, at the time, I had cows and horses. And I was told, well, you can't have animal confinement rights. I learned all these terms. I was a virgin. I was a virgin. I learned a lot of things. Animal confinement rights. Oh, okay. Well, can't have animals. 
And uh, MID, we were served by uh, Merced Irrigation District through the beautiful system they've uh, had for 100 years. We've been customers over 50, our family, of those 100. Anyway, uh, they said, well, no MID. You know, you really really don't serve MID in the city like that. You know, you don't. what, what do you need it for? It's like, well, I've, I've got a three-acre lawn then. If I can't keep animals, if I can't uh, irrigate it at a reasonable rate, because let me tell you, coming out of a city water main or city water meter or your own well, uh, you don't want to dry your well. And 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 that uh, the well had already been re-drilled at our home when we were in the county because it had went dry in the uh, 90s during that big drought. So, you know, concerns of the residents out there, their wells go dry. And, of course, on Hatch Road, for you that uh, don't know, but when you see it go up, that monolith from 2000. And one, the uh, 60-foot water tank there at Cardella and Hatch that's going to serve the city. What? Yeah, that's right. It's in the county going to serve the city. They're going to sink a deep well in there because the one over there by the McKee Fire Station, uh, well, it it isn't keeping up. And uh, there's a lot of growth. Same way with sewer. It's hard to believe that the whole Moraga development, basically from McKee Road up to Lake Road along Yosemite all the way over basically uh, to Black Rascal Creek is served with one six-inch pipe sewer pipe that dumps into the end of the existing sewer at the end of Parsons and Yosemite Avenue, six-inch pressure pipe. Of course, they collected in a big tank there on the property, a city tank, city uh, lift station, they call that, and then pump it into the existing sewer. But all that needs to be upgraded. Uh, the sewer master plan, that was a lot of discussion Monday night that, uh, you know, still five to six years away. I've been after the city for three or four years to push this along, push this along, it's it's literally like pushing a stone up a mountain with no uh, lubrication, man. It, it's been a tough haul trying to educate the council every time because they change. Members change. They don't know. Anyway, the, uh, the the residents, and it was packed house. Like I say, 100, 120, 150 people there, a lot of speakers, 20-plus some speakers. The who's who of Merced. Uh, they had a meeting in May, a lot of concern back there. They sent out some flyers, did a survey. They were... It's interesting how the uh, presentation went. You could see the fear in the eyes of the of the uh, city staff trying to, uh, and the, the uh, presenter, the uh, consultant they had do this, really took a long time, 45, 50 minutes. People were kind of out of it by minute 15. But everybody was nice, sat and listened. And then the questions came, very, very pointed, uh, from the residents uh, not wanting to go in. But uh, the way this was presented by city staff and the consultant was kind of interesting. They sent out these surveys. Only received 34% back. Never told us what the number of no's were, percentage of no's. In other words, even though you got 34% of the postcards back, out of that, how many were no, how many were yes? And I can tell you there were a lot of no's, a lot of red on the map that they did give us, showing us uh, some of the respondents. A lot of people didn't respond, to which one of the planning commissioner members said, "Uh, do you want us to decide for you? Let me tell you, after my experience on January uh, 20. Uh, what was that? The 22nd of January. You do not want the planning commission, especially this one, doing much deciding. I feel their minds are already made up. We heard that from uh, planning commissioner Rash Monday night. I don't think Rash stands for rational. This cat goes into the uh, you know food desert out there at UC Merced. Lost all the residents by the second sentence. You could hear the groans in the audience where they just weren't buying it. They get groceries. Now, his argument is, well, you know, they're stuck out there at that nice new campus. There's nothing to eat. I don't know if anybody's been to their food court. It's better than a Vegas buffet, any Vegas buffet I've, I've seen. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, programs for folks to eat. And then there's cat tracks. There's the bus. There's all kinds of ways to get to Rayleigh's, which is not that far away. And that's not a food desert. That's a food oasis. 
So these uh, buzzwords, these terms to just roll over the citizens and tell them, look, this is uh, what we have to do because the UC is not going to fly. And I think the Planning Commission uh, really, really just doesn't get it. It was pretty obvious that night. I think city staff needs to be much more upfront with the residents. One of, uh, actually, it was a planning commissioner, Batucci, who lives in one of those areas. I think it's a county island. Uh, she's in the city, though, obviously being a planning commissioner. And this is one of the things the city, LAFCO, the county, doesn't want her. All these county islands, which we have too many of in the city of Merced, over there along Oleander, out by me on Brookdale. You know, they got their own water districts, they're on septic. It's just a pain in the rear, and then something goes wrong. you got to get them onto the city system, which they will do, but, again, it takes up the capacity. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the devil in the details. But this uh, Commissioner Batucci asked, hey, I've heard it cost $20,000 uh, to hook up to uh, city uh, services. And Kim Espinosa, who's running the presentation that night, and, again, I really think the city uh, should be more upfront. Uh, with, with what uh, what it costs. A lot of people who owned a lot of vacant land were the ones who said yes. Uh, hookup fees to city and water and sewer system at the expense of residents is a preeminent concern among locals. Uh, they heard in May that the cost could uh, go up to $50,000. There is no overall cost estimate which would include more associated fees than just the connection. Basic connection costs for homes are about $6,400 for sewer and $8,400 for water, Espinoza said, uh, it's possible for different arrangements, but the residents were skeptical of the cost, and you should be, because that's not really uh, the whole story. And I, and I, again, I got this from city engineering, water fee schedule, sewer fee schedule. It's just right down the hall, second floor. I, I don't know. I, I, Kim's been there over, Miss Espinoza's been over there 20 years. She's worked on many, many projects, including the Hunt annexation. And I'm sure she'll be working on this annexation if she's still there. And again, I just think, I just think, transparency, accountability, uh, you know, being up front is better than misleading folks by not telling the whole story. And I'm not saying it's intentional. I'm not saying it's intentional. But here's the, here's the fees: a one-inch meter, and that's the smallest you can get now. They don't do a three-quarter. Facility charge: eight thousand four hundred and thirty-nine dollars. Prior to connecting to the city of Merced water system, all water facility charges shall be paid. So then they have what they call a work deposit estimate of 6500 Now I asked, I go, well, that's part of the 8400 No, 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 that's in addition. That's for the city to go out, get the backhoe, the, the, the guys, the jackhammers, the asphalt, you know, tie in the, uh, the water line to your property, get you a box, a meter, and a tie into the existing water main. That's 6500 bucks right up front. Before they even sink a shovel in the ground, you got to pay that. Now, before they set the meter, you need the eighty-four hundred dollars. So my MCOE math, let's go eighty-four hundred. Let's say eighty-five, and then sixty-five. They've already rounded it up for me. Six and six is twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand dollars. That's a lot different. That's a lot different than six thousand. So you know, you're telling me that somebody that's worked at the development services department doesn't know that. And I can tell you, when you have two or three acres, like a lot of those folks out there do, like I did do and, and was concerned about back in 2004, those concerns are still valid. How are you going to irrigate it? How are you going to water it? Because maybe you're on a well with a nice two-inch line coming out, big tank, no problema. But now you hook up, well, it's 15000 for a one-inch. You want to go inch and a half? 
The next size up, guess what? It's double. $16,878. $7,500 for the backhoe. You want a two-inch? $27,000. So let's be honest. Let's not mislead. Let's not. Uh, let's open the eyelids all the way. Now let's go to the sewer. Single-family residential per unit. Plant component standard rate. This is, this is your portion. This is like paying the, the school fees, the road fees, you know, the classrooms at the college. Here we go. $5,181. Plus, plus, if you live north of Bear Creek, which all you people in the annexation area will, a little more expensive than you live south of Bear Creek, because you got to get over the creek, not let the sewage drop in it. That's $1,267. So let's add that together. I think we're going to round down to make this easy. 5,000 plus 1,000, that's 6,000. Now let's add 6,000 to what was it? 15. Okay, I know 5 and 15 is 20 plus 1. $21,000! My friends, 21,000. A lot different than uh, than the 6 and 8 quoted in the paper. So you folks out in North Merced, oh, beware. I'll tell you more stories about my annexation experience and what you can look forward to. It's not bad. We need you. We need you in the city. We need the tax base. If you look at the map, McKee and Yosemite will be the center of Merced someday if this all gets annexed in eventually. I know it's years and years away. Also interesting to hear the university isn't growing as fast as they thought. What? That's right. The long-range development plan, the LRDP little downturn from what was proposed, what was planned. You need to take it all into consideration. Be informed. Listen to Citizen Watch. We'll be back. One more segment. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. Hang on, baby. Citizen Watch, Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. February 1st, 2020, so happy to have you here with me in studio. Palatial Studio C, quarantined <laughs> Studio C. We don't want the coronavirus here. I tell you, take the on-air staff out would not be a good idea. Anyway, North Merced annexation meeting, a lot of good comments in the paper. Merced, uh, the Merced Sunstar council chambers were overflowing with residents and stakeholders Monday. Merced Director of Development Services, Scott McBride, estimated about 150 people attended, 700 property or parcel owners are uh, in the boundaries. Again, big, big deal. But don't, don't mislead the folks. You know, again, Batucci, she's a planning commissioner. I don't think she would appreciate city staff not being up front. They have to know this information, folks. Connection fees, these are huge things. They're always going back and forth with it. Again, the uh, long-range development plan of the city or the university not needing as much. What they planned uh, in doing in five to ten years along the Bellevue Corridor plan, this is between G and Lake Road along Bellevue Road. It's going to be, you aren't even going to recognize it, folks. That little two-lane road, those poor bicyclists trying to make it to the university, that's going to be really different. And maybe four lanes each way. I'd like to see light rail, you know, connecting the university with downtown eventually. But, yeah, that's my dream. But I've had that for years, years and years and years. But uh, there's going to be a lot of changes out there, a lot of development, uh, residence, commercial, you name it. You name it. Like I say, the center of town, 
If it all goes to the current plan, it would be uh, about McKee and Yosemite. Uh, Councilman Martinez, have to uh, give him credit for bringing up, uh, you know, kind of looking at the map that we presented. He goes, oh, I see Campus Parkway coming over. It's going to be over at the university here in a couple of years. Uh, what about all the county land that Campus Parkways goes through? Arboleda, uh, those roads out there, uh, basically from 99 over, uh, directly east to the uh, campus. Uh, good point. Good point. Never really looked at that yet. I think the landowners along there are looking to develop one way or another, either with the county or the city. Of course, you know, our uh, development or uh, profit, uh, profit sharing, uh, cost sharing plan, we, we get a little money from that. But again, the growth is not going to be all at the university. This is the point. This is the point. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. And more pointedly, you can't forget the people that live in the area. The title of the article in today's paper is most of my retirements, quote, most of my retirement is in my house. Merced annexation talk raises homeowner concerns. And I can tell you at the planning commission meeting, February, or excuse me, January 22nd, the same thing, the same homeowners that used to be in the county, now in North Merced in the city, Silverado neighborhood, they were told, hey, tough, tough nails, man. Bunch of NIMBYs, you don't like the UC kids. That's not what they were saying. There was a project that had a lot of concerns with traffic, sewage, uh, storage on site. Uh, density, number of units uh, on five acres, a lot of concerns. Matter of fact, one of the people Monday night, a guy that lives way out in the county on Old Lake Road and G, he goes, you know, I only have a high school education. I'm not very smart. You guys are all doctors, lawyers, college educated, know a lot of things. Uh, you know, I don't, but uh, it doesn't make sense. Some of the decisions you make and reference this particular project, I, I just say from the mouth, mouths of babes, uh, some come some of the most uh, salient and relevant comments and his was. And really reflected the emotion of everybody in that room. I went up to him afterward. I said, you know, sir, you really shouldn't belittle your education. You have a great deal of insight. And uh, he goes, yeah, well, I just the way I feel. I said, well, uh, you know, you, 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 were, uh, you were right on. And, of course, his wife thanked me for giving her husband a little confidence there. Because, uh, you know, he was right. They bought land out there. They're worried what's going to happen, their way of life. It's going to change. I can tell you it's going to change with my annexation experience uh, I found out that LAFCO, uh, because they make these logical boundaries, we were included. There's nine parcels along with the Hunts, which is one big one. The Hunt family, they had one big parcel. So that would be nine plus one is ten. And the way annexation works, if there's a protest, they have a protest hearing. And if more than 50% of the people that reside on the land, not the landowners, let me be clear about that, renters are included in that, people that reside on the land. So I was successful in getting seven or eight protest letters, dropped that on the desk at the LAFCO meeting, which was supposed to be just a slam dunk, and uh, they were surprised, to say the least. Like I say, I was a virgin at one time. I learned. I learned the hard way. And that lesson that day was a postponement, or excuse me, continuation of the LAFCO protest hearing. Never seen such a thing. When I put the protest on the table, they looked at it. The Hunt family was there. All the lawyers, the LAFCO lawyers, the county lawyers, they're like, uh-oh, now what do we do? Because a successful protest, it dies. They had already started the bright development there by the fire station on McKee Road, uh, the one that comes uh, kind of across on the north side of McKee or the uh, west side, excuse me, east side of McKee. Anyway, point being is uh, they were full steam ahead. That was the boom, 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 the university. It was go, 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 going. Again, this was for 2004, 2005, before we hit the recession. And they wanted to make hay while the sun shines. So 
uh, they they go well. Let's take let's take a break, a thirty minute break. That turned into be an hour and a half, in which time they came back and said we're just going to continue the meeting. So I didn't know what was really you know what does that mean? So we're just going to wait you know the same thing. I got the protest. Well, in that period of time, they went to the renters, and basically said if you like living here, you're going to rescind your uh, protest, which they got enough to do because they liked living there. The rent was cheap. And uh, so it went through. Annexation went through. Again, I did get some concessions. I was able to keep my MID rights, my irrigation rights. And I'm one of the only properties, along with my neighbors, that have animal confinement rights in the city of Merced. So it was a win-win. But all I'm telling you is you have to get everything in writing. Uh, Your voice does count. Uh, You can have uh, two people in an annexation. One can have a, a postage stamp. The other one can have the majority of the property, and they have equal voices. And it's one of the few processes that you do have an equal voice with landowners because uh, even though we hold and enshrine personal property rights in our uh, country, uh, personal freedoms are also uh, enshrined also. So it's it's kind of a balance. It's a, a yin and a yang. And again, it just takes good outreach, good communication. And I understand that's what the city's trying to do, Development Services Department. I applaud Scott McBride. I just think that some of the staff could be a little more up front, especially when they know what the questions are. You know, let's not hide things. It's not going to get any cheaper. And when I say $21,000, these costs I rattled off to you for the cheapest water, the cheapest sewer, uh, these don't include anything you have to do on your property to get it from that meter out by the street to uh, your house, tie into the existing system, the existing sewer, and then abandon what you have. You can't just leave your well. You have to abandon it when you're in the city of Merced. So again, there's some really uh, you know costs there that people are concerned about. Uh, they've they've they again have their entire life savings, retirement, whatever you want to call it, involved in their houses. And I think the planning commission members really, really, really need uh, to kind of back off some of these uh, scare tactics of Becerra, the attorney general suing us uh, if we don't approve every project in lockstep and not take into account any of the public comment, the considerations, the concerns, valid concerns, not NIMBYism, not, uh, you know, stuff where they just don't like the color of the building, but true concerns. Because if you've driven around this town lately, I'll tell you, traffic on MGR Street is terrible. Three o'clock, five o'clock, there are certain times that you just don't want to go out. And the mitigation fees and things, the cost to hook up to these services, you can see what it costs for a single family dwelling. I won't even read you some of the costs for Commercial properties, uh, retail, it's just unbelievable. Of course, a lot deeper pockets. Anyway, the point being is uh, stay informed, stay, uh, you know, relevant, and uh, just, you know, I, I think the city could do a little bit better job with, with the outreach, and, uh, you know, maybe they want to bring the boiling tar at the next meeting. I, I think that, uh, you know, and then leapfrog development. Uh, the mayor made a comment in this article, well, if you don't want to be annexed, you probably won't. Again, I didn't want to be annexed, and I was. And uh, I think you really need to, again, he's not going to be here in a year, but I think you need to be honest that if you're in a logical boundary, you will be annexed. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts. And if your well goes dry and there's a water line running in front of you, they're not going to let you drill a new well. I have a neighbor now trying to do that. And uh, it's uh, it's like beating your head against a wall. It's just not going to happen. You're gonna have to come up with that twenty-one thou, or if you're just doing water, uh, what was that, eight and five, uh, fifteen, sixteen, uh, a lot of money. You're gonna have to come up with uh, to get those services if they're available and your existing goes dry. They they won't let you drill a new well in the city. 
uh, for, for residential use. Uh, that I know of. Uh, maybe somebody's got away with it, but not that I know. Anyway, let's take the rest of the show, really, to talk quickly about the planning, or excuse me, the uh, council meeting, Monday night, the 3rd, February 3rd. As you know, I may have mentioned earlier, the State of the City address is going to be Friday the 7th at the Merced Theater. I think it starts at 1030. Mayor Murphy's going to have that uh, yearly performance. Of course, the town halls are coming up later in the month. Uh, Wednesday, State of the Union. I hope that gets postponed if they don't get this vote on impeachment resolved. Anyway, on the, uh, uh, let's see, uh, this is the uh, agenda for the Monday night's council meeting. They're going to evaluate the finance officer, Venus Rodriguez. Closed session. Uh, she's been doing a great job. Uh, took over for Brad Grant a couple of years ago. Really, really brought some progressive uh, good ideas to the finance department. And again, I, I think, uh, you know, should get a pretty good performance evaluation. Uh, they're going to be uh, negotiating city council, city manager. Uh, all the all the uh, unions are up. It looks like AFSCME, uh, international firefighters, police officers, also going to be uh, negotiating with the uh, Merced POA, police off, Merced police officers. So uh, Merced Associ- Association of City Employees, MACE, excuse me, so... Everybody's coming up for contract renewal. I hope those uh, go well. Uh, of course, watching out for the voters' uh, interest there. Proclamation, February is Black History Month. They'll give a proclamation at the start of the meeting for that. A lot of consent items, a couple of things. Going to get $42,000, buy some new tasers. Going to have a second reading of the uh, project over there that they approved last uh, week, the Yosemite Crossings. Great project up there at the corner of G in Yosemite. Uh, they are going to adopt the pay scale for the city attorney. That's Phaedra Norton, our new city attorney. Been doing a wonderful job. Also, they're going to adopt a new pay scale for the city manager, Steve Kerrigan. Uh, he's he's uh, he's uh, he's done well too. And uh, I know they gave him a little something. I don't know what it was. I guess that's in the in the uh, staff report. Also, going to establish a community facilities district over there in Bellevue Ranch East. These are districts that were. Um, uh, what was I going to say? The 2003, 2004, again, when all this land came into the city in anticipation of the university. But one thing I've heard, and it kind of came up at, uh, I think it came up Monday night, was maybe consolidating some of these community facilities districts. Uh, every time they annex land, they, they call it a new thing. I think we have 36 districts in our little town. And if you're going to double or uh, 50%, you know, have again the size of the city, maybe there's a different way to go with these CFDs, have kind of a a more uniform deal. And even though there's still no El Capitan Hotel to stay at, there is going to be a bike race coming up on February 23rd, later in the month, the Criterion Bicycle Race, 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., the area of West 18th to West 21st between M and N. So that's good news. I didn't think we we're going to have any bicycle uh, bike races here after the Amgen pulled out. Hopefully they'll be coming back. Kind of interesting to know that the uh, area where Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed was... Where the Amgen, or the, where they were going, is the uh, is the uh, offices of the Amgen, which is kind of kind of a small world, isn't it? Uh, what else? Uh, talked about the city attorney, second reading of the Yosemite crossings. What? Uh, oh, they're going to have the the big items or the big deals at the end of the evening. They're going to have an update on the city council's goals and priorities. Now, this is uh, important for folks because they label them, you know, one, two, three, four, quiet zone. Some of these things that. I've talked about are, are up there. I don't know if they should be. It seems like we have more priorities, uh, homelessness, uh, uh, I don't know, that CP42, the park. 
uh, Laura's Fountain, some of the other things that have come up. But again, this is the time to get them on the priorities list because that transforms into budget. Budget time. And then the Loughborough update on the Loughborough Neighborhood Project, a reported brief. I think this is Councilman Serrato's area, soon to be maybe, I don't know, threw his hat in the ring for mayor of Merced. Uh, that came out in the Merced County Times this week. Of course, the election for city council, three seats up, and mayor will be in November, November 20th, when we elect, uh, re-elect the current president. Oh, did I say, I'm sorry, I guess there is an election. We'll have to wait and see, but after this impeachment thing, I think, uh, I think it's looking pretty good. Pretty good. But I don't want to disappoint all you burners out there. I know there's, I know there's still hope, you know, there's still hope to fundamentally change the country I love. I don't want to change it. I like it just the way it is. Just like I like you every weekend as my listener here on Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. I couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.